This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. The city of Calgary is uh, moving to close some C train stations at night. Now, the weather has improved, but this is uh, part of the response to the recent cold snap. Uh, you had a situation, for example, in the past week, yet around as best estimates would, would put it at around 170 people who were seeking out shelter in sea train stations. Which, you know, I mean, at, at some level you can understand that, right? I mean, if, if you're outside in the cold, a sea train station uh, might happen to be handy. It might be nearby, it's open, and it's warm. But it's not the best situation for somebody lo- looking to get through a cold night. Uh, Sam Hope with Calgary Transit says this approach is about ensuring the safety of those using public transit and also ensuring the safety of those experiencing homelessness. We'll be moving towards a, a, a coordinated strategy in the coming days, effective uh, January 10th, that will see our peace officers working with our adult and community supports on the ground to actively encourage uh, those individuals uh, to uh, move towards those shelters. Mayor Jody Gondek says we definitely need a coordinated approach here. There's a gap that needs to be addressed before people can get into the programs that are designed for them and ultimately be respectfully housed. Premier Kenny and I discussed over the weekend how we can partner to offer greater supports to emergency shelters, outreach teams, as well as agencies that serve those who use substances. Okay, so I mean, certainly it would seem to make sense then that shelters are, are a better place for someone experiencing homelessness to spend the night. Uh, but should we be basically locking the doors to these C-train stations? Joining us to talk a bit more about whether the city's got the right approach here. Very pleased to welcome the program, Chaz Smith, uh, who is uh, founder of the street outreach team Be the Change YYC. Chaz, appreciate you making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. So your thoughts on how the city is responding here, are, do, are we striking a balance, do you think? Well, I think that when it comes to people experiencing homelessness, uh, we absolutely have to create, you know, equitable programming for them. Um, obviously, train stations are a place that offers warmth and have been utilized uh, by hundreds uh, throughout the cold snap uh, of people experiencing homelessness. Um, there is, of course, uh, many safety concerns that have been highlighted um, for other public transit users. Um, so the balance there would be to um, would be a solution that we did at the beginning of the pandemic as well, which was to shut down specific train lines um, and platforms to sort of control uh, where that population can and can't go. So talk a bit about why this would be an option for people. What What is, I mean, shelters are, are available, and I think, you know, many obviously who are experiencing homelessness would be aware of that. So why, why would some be seeking out C-train stations? 
Um, what has happened throughout the pandemic is we've seen a shift of people. And pre-pandemic, we had uh, many populations that experienced barriers accessing shelters already. Uh, for example, people that might have a pet, uh, loved ones like couples because you are separated. Uh, some people have, um, you know, mental health and, and trauma concerns or women, you know, fleeing domestic abuse and their abuser could per- perhaps be at uh, that specific shelter. Um, during the pandemic, we have seen um, a shift of more people choosing to sleep outside rather than accessing shelters than we have noticed previously. Um, and of course, Omicron has exasperated uh, that 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 sort of nature of of what we were already seeing so there is capacity in the shelter systems uh, for people to stay inside of shelters through the past few city hall meetings that we have had where i've spoken at two of them uh, we very clearly identified these barriers why people can't or won't access shelters and it those uh, barriers that were identified have been acknowledged by Mayor Jyoti Gondek, um, yeah. as we heard in her previous clip. And uh, I believe that City Council and her are working to try and uh, correct some of those barriers, whether they were um, put in on purpose or just accidental. Well, yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago, in April of 2020, maybe, we, we saw a similar approach. Calgary Transit was uh, closing some of these stations actually at 6 o'clock. I don't know, know if that was necessarily weather-related, but they talked about social disorder at the time as, as one of the reasons why they've done that. So how do you compare the city's response now to, to what it was then? So this response is similar in the nature of closing stations to sort of control some of those safety concerns. What is different this time is City Hall has approved a $750,000 one-time fund, uh, which can be used to enhance services. And what that means for us as street-level outreach programs is we should be able to access some of that to purchase um, the supplies that we need to help keep people warm, like mitts, toques, gloves, jackets. Um, tents and tarps. While we don't want people sleeping outside, um, for many that is the option that they that they have. And so, um, you know, everyone is valuable. Everyone has inherent human dignity, and it's so important that we are, have these options to provide that warmth to keep people alive. Now, obviously, with these sea train stations, I mean, you know, they're, they're not ideal. I mean, you know, there's the, the kinds of services one would need to, to get through at the night. You know, sea train stations are not designed for that. So, you know, is, is that, I mean, are we recognizing that? Obviously, it's not an ideal situation, right? So we, we would prefer not to have people sleeping in a sea train station. You know, I think that's, that's very important to, to highlight is that train stations are not shelters. I mean, they don't have social workers. They don't have outreach workers at them, people to connect with that vulnerable population. Um, that, that's not simply not what they're designed for. And while they do have, you know, washrooms for, for staff and they do have that running water for staff and they are heated places, um, people seek that refuge. And I understand um the the want to try to limit um, that population using it for those purposes. I have been advocating um, very fiercely for months for warming centers, whether that be outreach workers and social workers at train platforms mm-hmm. or on buses or heated parkades. We know that the trend throughout the pandemic and every winter 
is that people experiencing homelessness are are flocking towards train platforms. And so how can we leverage that as an opportunity to connect with that vulnerable population and provide other services? While many can't or won't access emergency shelters, providing a different approach, like uh, a drop-in warming center through the nighttime, could be a a valuable um, asset to the city because when a person is in a trauma response where they're cold, they're hungry, um, you know, biologically, the brain has uh, significantly shut down. It's gone into survival mode. So in order to stabilize a person to really engage in conversations about housing, mental health, uh, emergency shelter access, we need an opportunity for a few hours for someone to warm up, you know, to reach appropriate temperatures so that their body can kind of calm that trauma, that nervous system response. So you know, that blood flow can go back into the brain and maybe they have something to eat. And and then we can actually have those meaningful conversations to hopefully end the cycle of homelessness. If we don't have uh, drop-in services, uh, um, drop-in warming centers overnight, it creates a very difficult situation to try and um, bring a person to, to try and stabilize an individual to even engage in those conversations. So what are your thoughts on, on whether the city recognizes the need for that? You know, when, when you hear the mayor and, and, and others talk about, you know, the importance of, of a balance and addressing these other issues, do, do you think that they get that? I think they've heard the concern. Um, I think what we're talking about is a system that uh, needs a little bit of a tweaking in, in its design. Uh, what we have seen, for example, is the Alex. Uh, they have a warming center during the day, open till I believe 7 p.m. That opens at minus 40. Hopefully, we can get that number down a bit. Uh, we've seen the drop-in center now open, what they call the bridge program, which is a drop-in outreach program, a drop-in wraparound warming center uh, that is open till 7 p.m. Um, and we have also seen the mustard seed that has a drop-in warming center that is open similarly till 7 p.m. So people can get food, they can get water, they can warm up and get some clothing supplies and sort of talk with staff. Um, and, and so we have seen some of these, uh, these agencies do some of that work. And what I would like to see is those hours be shifted uh, from the current times that we are seeing uh, to be overnight. Um, because during the day, uh, a lot of vulnerable populations will just continue to access, you know, malls, for example, or train platforms that are open. And so um, at nighttime, it becomes very critical where lives are, are very endangered when it gets the coldest and people are in their most need. And so I appreciate seeing um, that there is change happening. And I am encouraged hearing the very meaningful conversations that have come from city council and uh, Mayor Gondek recognizing that these barriers do exist and that we need to work to create a more equitable system. And we are seeing um, small results of that including, um, you know, a new service being provided starting tonight, uh, which is uh, we are closing down uh, Rundle and Marlboro train station at 10 p.m. So the doors will be locked. Uh, There are other train platforms that are completely shut down right now um, that were mentioned. And so at 10 p.m., when people try and access that, there will be a bus um, that will be able to transport people to emergency shelters. Now, we've identified that people can't or won't access emergency shelters already. 
So it might be difficult to encourage people to, you know, go on that bus to go to shelters when they will be trying to get in for warmth. Um, I'm thankful that it has warmed up a bit. I am encouraged. I will be there in person tonight. I will, uh, for the sake of transparency, make my presence known, and I will be at those train platforms. I will be actively engaging in meaningful conversations with vulnerable population uh, to try and, um, you know, encourage shelter access, as we always do, um, but it can be very difficult to do that with um, some of the barriers, and hopefully we can try and get some people housed and um, I'll see if this bus um, to transport that population will end up working out. I think that we are seeing something rather than nothing. And that is always encouraging that we can see some things happening, uh, some dollars made available to grassroots initiatives and some shifts happening. Although we are seeing that train platforms and stations have to be shut down due to some of that social disorder for public safety. All right, more at uh, be the change yyc.org. Chaz, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Much appreciated. Thank you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12:30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.